0: Shalom Alechem. Welcome to the Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Mindel Cohen. Mindel is the Yiddish Book Center's academic director. She has a Ph.D. in comparative literature with an emphasis in Jewish studies from the University of California, Berkeley. A Western Massachusetts native, she grew up in Greenfield and attended Hampshire College, where her studies focused on German and German Jewish literature. As an undergraduate, she participated in the Yiddish Book Center Steiner Summer Yiddish Program, which set her on the path of Yiddish studies, and she was a Yiddish Book Center Translation Fellow. Before coming, as she says, back to the center, she worked as Editor-in-Chief for Ingeveb, a journal of Yiddish studies, and taught Yiddish language at Harvard University. Mindel is the editor of the Pockenträger Digital Translation Anthology and co-curator of the Center's forthcoming core exhibit, Yiddish, a Global Culture. Welcome.
1: Hi, Lisa. It's great to be here with you to talk about one of my favorite things that we do each year.
0: It's great. Um, Just that your um, introduction gets longer and longer by the year. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, That's
1: how it should be. I've got to keep... Keep doing new things.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Um, Well, yes, it's always uh, an exciting occasion when we um, publish the digital translation issue, um, which is this year uh, titled Cribside and Other Stories. So um, this year's anthology includes, I believe... 14 stories, poems, and memoirs. Um, and these are all new translations from Yiddish about women's experience. And the theme obviously is hewed to our decade of discovery theme this year, which is women in Yiddish, which explores women writers, actors, artists, activists. And how does that uh, sort of parallel what's in the collection? Yeah, well, this is
1: such an exciting theme it's been such an exciting theme for the Decade of Discovery all year and all of the content that's happened and for the translation issue, um, because I, I think it's probably not a surprise to listeners of the Schmooze, there's real energy around um, paying attention to women writers and to new translations and scholarship about women writers. So. This is something that's really been in the air of the of the Yiddish cultural world for the last few years. And I think that's one of the reasons that we felt it would be exciting to make it the focus of the decade of discovery and a really exciting theme for our translation issue that um, you know, five years ago, the translation issue also focused on New works by women writers, and at that point, it was this earlier moment where um, people were saying, "Hey, you have to make sure that there are women included you know in your in the things that you're publishing and that was something that people were really putting forward and In the five years since um, there's been so much work that has happened there's been so many Yiddish women writers who've been kind of brought back to attention, especially through new translation. So um, there's just such a wealth of riches is what it feels like right now of exciting translations to feature translators who are really focusing on this and scholars who are. So this the issue this year feels like a chance to really showcase um, work that's already happening, right? That we are getting to draw attention to an exciting trend that is going on in the world of Yiddish cultural studies and translation right now.
0: One of the things that I always find interesting um, and I've come to discover through my work here is sort of the span of the writing, um, that these women were writing in Yiddish from different places around the globe, um, choosing to write in Yiddish through the 20th century and in the case of Yentamash into the early 20th, 21st century. And of course, mm-hmm. there are others that I've interviewed um, on the Shmooze not related to the digital edition, but, you know, actors and playwrights like Melissa Wise and Malky Goldman. So there is continued work. So will you talk about that in terms of its representation within this anthology?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So the, the anthology is exciting every year and this year, especially because we get to show off a wide variety of kinds of writing, you know, that we're bringing this work together around the theme of women's experiences but within that, we're looking to showcase different kinds of diversity, which I think you're pointing to. So one is one is diversity of genre, uh, which is really exciting when we're talking about writing by women. So women have some women have been known as Yiddish poets. There's a kind of handful of really prominent Yiddish women poets who've always received a fair amount of attention. But one of the exciting things that's been happening in recent years is work to showcase the other genres that women also wrote in Yiddish. So this issue includes poetry, but it also includes short stories, it includes examples of memoir writing. Uh, in one case it includes an example of reportage, like from the newspapers. And to your last point, it also includes a dramatic sketch, an example of you know um, theatrical writing by a woman, by a woman writer. And that's something that we've seen a lot of focus on recently as well, that there are you know, um, wonderful new plays like the Froyen that are by new contemporary playwrights and that are featuring the experiences of women. So uh, I'm excited that this issue showcases that kind of diversity in terms of the different genres that women wrote in. And as you said, of course, you know where they came from and also the, the topics of their writing are really diverse too.
0: And it's kind of nice. I mean, a lot of work that we do here at the Center uh, is work in parallel. Um, and mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, women are uh, known a lot for poetry. Ina Maza is an example. Um, and her poem uh, is in the collection. And also her long-form novel is one that we have published through White Go Press, um, which is her novel, Dina. But yeah. um, let's talk about it. Piece which became the issue title, which is Cribside, mm-hmm. and it's a short dramatization by Yenta Sadarsky. Sorry, um, eighteen seventy-seven is her birthday. She dies in nineteen sixty-two. Um, it appeared in Yiddish in her collected works in nineteen thirteen. And if I may, I'm going to read a little bit from Jessica Kurzane's introduction. In the scene, a young mother involved in political activism becomes isolated because of her motherhood duties. Sadarsky draws attention to the limits of revolutionary politics that fail to take into account the realities of women's lives and obligations. So this piece, this introduction, also feels like it could have been written yesterday. I think women's issues are ongoing. And I really think that we draw a lot from history repeating, history repeating. I mean, we've talked about it in relationship to Ukraine and and Mm -hmm. how that plays out in literature, et cetera. So I'd love to hear your, again, thoughts on, you know, in terms of editing this collection, how you see that thread.
1: Absolutely, I've noticed that so much with a piece like Cribside and with my other reading of of new translations by women writers and and throughout this whole issue, it's so relevant (laughs) in a way that both um, is really, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I think you can feel a real connection to these women writers because what they're writing about feels so contemporary and so relevant. And of course, it's also a bit disheartening that when they are writing about challenges that women face in the early 20th century, that we can still relate today. (laughs) Um, So so the piece that you mentioned, Cribside, uh, which is a really, that's the dramatic sketch that I mentioned. So it's played out of a young mother kind of in her apartment with her young baby, having this interior monologue about how she's decided she's going to go to the political meeting that night with her husband, just like she used to do before the baby was born. And she hasn't been able to, but she knows that he's not going to like it. And she feels all this pressure about whether it makes her a bad mother to to leave her child at home alone. And of course, we know this is still in the news about like, what's the what's the balance of domestic labor in households and how even when um, fathers and male parents are doing more work, things are nowhere near even still and that mothers and women parents still take on the the bulk of domestic labor. So uh, reading a piece like this helps put our moment in context and it reminds us how similar some of the challenges were for Yiddish women writers in the early 20th century uh, to our world today. So it's a, it's just a great m- reminder that this writing is relevant. And in many cases, we haven't had access to it until somebody like Jessica Curzain kind of takes the time to find a piece like this and translate it.
0: Yeah. And there's such great work going on, as you mentioned early on, in terms of translation. You know, one thing I find surprising in, you know, I can only read this in translation and um, I attended one of our weekend programs where Anita Norwich, uh, translator, um, talked about women and their poems, is I think the women's voices are so strong, so frank, so bold, and also very um, revealing. I mean, they deal with issues of politics, they deal with issues of sexuality, and I feel as though... Um, we sometimes think that you know poetry or what have you might be soft and and reflective but it's not i mean they really were champions of their own lives and um internal dialogues
1: yeah yeah that's so doing and, and just thinking about poetry and how surprising this poetry can be two ex- quick examples come to mind that show some of the range so one is you mentioned uh ida maza who is a poet and a prose writer, we know, thanks to the the translation of Dina, the wonderful novel that White Goat Press published. We have two poems by her in this issue that are about washing diapers and they're really funny and I think that anybody who's had this experience of working with cloth diapers, which is maybe a a choice today, for her it was a necessity, um, will relate to this like activity that she spends so much of her time doing and she finds this really funny endearing tone to describe you know the the importance of of spending time washing diapers and to contrast that in the issue we also have some amazing pieces about the experiences of women during World War II and specifically as partisans as part of the underground resistance to the Nazis so there's a really kind of gut-wrenching poem by um, Rickla Glezer about her escape um, from Vilna and her eventual kind of joining of the partisan fighters. So the, like you said, the, the topics of this poetry is not kind of soft and, and fluffy. And even when it might be like about washing diapers, you know, there's some real kind of humor, smart humor to it. And then we get such a wide variety of of topics and experiences like these partisan experiences as well
0: um, were you surprised by the number of submissions and maybe comment on the call for submissions in terms of the theme and also anybody you know writers who you'd never heard of
1: yeah i mean it's it's what makes this project so rewarding each year is that Uh, As people might know, you know, we, like you said, we put out a call for submission, so we describe a theme, we put it out there and we wait and see you know what translators send back in. So that's very exciting because it means we're not pre selecting you know the writers that we want to include or the translators that we want to work with we're really opening things up um, to see you know what translators have and what they want to share with us and. At this point, I've I've probably become spoiled that um, I know that we're going to get amazing, an amazing variety of submissions of really high quality translation. There's always more wonderful work um, that we get to read than we're able to include in the issue. Um, so yeah, every time I learn about uh, new writers that I hadn't read before, um, Or like we've talked about, I get to see a different aspect of a writer than I knew about. So one kind of exciting example of that in the issue is we have a story, a short story written by Anna Margolin, who people might recognize her name as one of the really prominent poets in Yiddish. She's a really well-known poet for a kind of small body of work that she wrote. Um, And this has to be one of the first... Of her short stories or one of a a pretty small number of her short stories that's been translated because the focus is so much on her poetry even though she was writing really regularly in the yiddish press publishing in newspapers and publishing stories that work really hasn't got attention so that's an example of a writer i thought i knew but thanks to the translator in this case it's daniel kennedy i'm getting to learn about a very different aspect of her work
0: I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent, uh, Mindle, if I may, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I mentioned that your CV, what have you, the introduction gets longer and longer. And I think what's really interesting, again, across the organization is all that's happening with translation. Um, you head up our translation fellowship, which mentors a new generation of translators. So there's an enormous community being built that's bringing this work to the surface. Um, we have opportunities to publish through the Pock and Traeger translation issue. You post a monthly translation on our website. We have Whiteco Press working to bring new translations. So it's really exciting, sometimes what I call a guilty pleasure <laughs> of the job. And I wonder if you can just reflect for a few minutes on sort of, all that's happening with translation and how this cross-pollination is working within the community of translators and within publishing.
1: Yeah, it's just as you said, it, it's so rewarding and um, it's wonderful when we get to focus on the, like the, these almost guilty pleasures that parts of our, these parts of our work can be so enjoyable and rewarding. And a big part of that for me is seeing the people who've participated in our translation fellowship program who continue as translators after that project. And as you said, who become a part of a community of of Yiddish translators and Yiddish cultural activists, I think of it. So in this issue, I I double checked before we started to speak, uh, eight of the translators out of 14 have participated in our translation fellowship over the years. And that is just so exciting for me to see that Um, these are people who, you know, stay connected with the Yiddish Book Center and follow the things that we do and and know that we are a place where they can share their work with, uh, you know, a wide variety of readers. Uh, And hopefully that, you know, our Translation Fellowship Program has given them support and encouragement and training to continue their work as translators. So I love that this translation issue is a mix of Translators out in the world who've been doing this work for decades who like to share their work with us and, as you said, this um, up and coming generation of translators uh, who've participated in our program Uh, I also exciting in this year in this year's issue is uh, two of the translators are people who've participated in our year long fellowship program for recent college graduates so not folks who've done the translation fellowship, but who spent a year after they graduated college working with us here at the Center. And part of that was that they got to experience and be exposed to all that's happening in translation and try their own hands at it. Um, and they also submitted work to this issue so that that's very exciting for me to see as well, and there are people that I hope are going to apply to the translation fellowship in the future. So yeah that that mix of people and seeing. Um, seeing how folks become part of the different communities that the Center is helping to foster is is really rewarding Um, and having having this opportunity to help showcase the work that they're doing is really rewarding as well
0: and you know, interesting to me, too, that there are certain translators who have championed the work of certain writers over mm-hmm. the course of decades, as you say, or who are now just coming into their own by discovering and, and becoming, you know, uh, sort of the translators for these various writers, which the more they get into it, the more they understand the voice of that writer. And that's exciting. And the issue does include, you know, known writers and some mm-hmm. lesser known um. I'd love your thoughts on this in terms of how it's representative of, I don't know if the word is right, the arc of women's writing and the work of the translators, but also how you came to it in terms of curating the submissions.
1: Yeah, I mean, one fun thing about this issue that we haven't mentioned yet is since the theme is women's experience, we actually did include and got a number of submissions of pieces written by men. So not everything in the issue is written by women. And we thought that that would be an interesting direction to explore, um, to show that, you know, of course there are and were men who engage really thoughtfully and and write beautiful things, kind of taking women's experiences seriously. So um, we were really pleased to get some really high quality submissions um, written by men that, that we felt we could include and that would enrich the issue that is, you know, a majority of the pieces are written by women. But, um, and it, it just happens that a couple of those kind of male writers that we got translations of are very well known people. So, uh, we include a, a poem by Itzik Manger, who people have probably heard of his, you know, wonderful song, There's a Tree That Stands. And he wrote a number of Poems that reimagined um, biblical characters and kind of took them from their biblical setting and put them in, you know, contemporary Eastern Europe. And, and many of those poems focus on, on um, women of the Bible. So we have his poem, Naomi Speaks to Her Daughters-in-Law, translated by Murray Citron. We also have an excerpt um, from a memoir by Shmerka Kotcherginsky who is one of the really prominent partisan leaders um, and who went on to do a huge amount of kind of historical historical work, advocacy, testimony about his experiences um, of the Holocaust and as a partisan. So we have an, an excerpt that he wrote um, telling the story of two young women who were partisan fighters. Their names were Vitka Kemp, Kempner and Zelda Treger, And so that that was an exciting piece to read that somebody who, you know, people may, have probably heard of Kaczorginski if they've read any kind of histories about the partisans, and that he, you know, took the time to document the really dangerous work that these very young women did, uh, and to kind of give them their due, I think is pretty powerful. So I, I really like that, that we had these handful of great submissions um, by by male writers as well that that showcase different aspects of women's experience
0: well it's it is really nice in, in that it represents so many different voices so many different aspects of a woman's life whether it's a woman writing about her own experiences or as you say um it's great that you've got a mix of men's voices in there as well reflecting on women and it shows um you know, the varied aspects of life um, from writing to activism, et cetera, and how it plays out. So before I let you go, most surprising, enlightening, uh, exciting discovery um, over the past year in terms of telling the story of women in Yiddish.
1: Hmm. Well, this is a little kind of personal anecdote, but um, I'm I'm having the opportunity right now that I'm actually teaching a a kind of full college course about Yiddish and women writers. And, uh, it's a really wonderful opportunity basically to get, to pull together all of the content that we've been talking about and to showcase in a different kind of forum, you know, through a, a college syllabus, some of this amazing new translation and scholarship that's been happening. And um, what's just been wonderful, I remember, like the first day of class, I was really trying to hype the students up and make them feel like they're part of something special, which I didn't need to hype them up so much. But I was telling them, you know, this course couldn't have happened five years ago because these works just weren't available. And in fact, the course couldn't have happened in this way last year because we are reading things that have just come out this year and next year. The syllabus will be different because I'm, you know, waiting for my copy of certain books to come in the mail that are that are kind of fresh off the press that I know people are working on. And this group of young college students was really excited about that. They really took to heart that there's a moment happening right now that's making Yiddish literature, Yiddish culture and women's literature and women's experiences accessible in a way that it wasn't before. And that was just that was a really wonderful moment to kind of see um, some of see this hard work by so many of our colleagues um, kind of coming to fruition in this way of this real excitement, you know, in a group of 20 year olds of like, wow, you're telling me last year Nobody could have read a novel by Ida Maza and now we can. So um, that's been that's really been bringing home to me how meaningful this work of translating women writers and focusing on them can be for young people today um, who are going to gain entry into Yiddish culture through this work.
0: Well, Mindel, thank you for all that you bring to your work here and to the to the to the outside world in terms of making these voices and this work um, accessible to those who can not read it in the original. Um, and I look forward to your your next uh, compilation anthology. So again, for our listeners, it's the 2022 Pack and Traeger digital translation issue, Cribside and Other Stories. Thanks, Mindel.
1: You have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit yiddishbookcenter.org. I'm Elizabeth
0: Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.